0: Hello? Hello? <clears throat> Podcast Network Asia This episode of On Deck with Stancy is brought to you by Podmetrics. Whether you're a rookie at podcasting or a veteran or a super expert or somebody who's just doing it for fun since we have a little bit more extra time now that we're all stuck at home, you can actually use Podmetrics to know so much more about your show and who you're able to reach. You can get information like who's listening, where they are, what their profiles are like, even their listening habits. Podmetrics can take care of all of that and more so you can focus on creating better content. You can even integrate Podmetrics with Facebook and YouTube so you can get more Data from your live streams. So, if you're a podcaster or you want to start your own podcast, go check out Podmetrics.co. Once again, that is Podmetrics.co, and sign up for free. So, whether you've got hundreds of episodes under your belt or you're trying to figure out how to get from episode one Welcome to On Deck with Stan C. This podcast is produced by Podcast Network Asia. On the show, I aim to tell the real stories behind the real people behind the mic. And for this week, my guest is one of the members of an iconic rock group in OPM. It's Francis Brew or Francis Reyes of The Dawn. And you probably know him best in radio as a part of NU107. He was once their chief announcer and musical director And he also hosted In The Raw for many, many years. I first met Francis Brew when I applied for Billboard Philippines as a contributing writer around three years ago. At the time, I had no idea who he was, and I guess it helped because it made me not starstruck and made me just approach the job for what it was. A job where I was working under an editor, someone who really knew his way around the music industry, and somebody I could learn from. Since that time, we'd worked together on several articles and we stayed in touch over the years. And, well, it was also kind of fortuitous that when I decided to record this episode of the podcast, it happened to be the 10-year anniversary of NU107's last broadcast. I shit you not, this actually happened. I had scheduled the interview with Francis Brew and I asked kung libre libre basha and the date and time he gave me pretty much coincided with that anniversary and he didn't know either. Apparently, he's not a big fan of keeping track of these dates or milestones, and he gets into it in this episode. He also talks about how he got into radio, who his influences were, how he got into NU107, and where he was and how he felt on the day that he found out that NU107 had to shut down and reformat. All of that and more coming to you on deck. But before we get to my conversation with Francis Brew, it's been a pretty rough week for us here in the Philippines, not just in Metro Manila, but up north in Cagayan, in Isabela, in Rizal, of course Marikina here in Metro Manila, places like Catanduanes and Albay, Camarines Norte, Camarines Sur that had just been battered by Rolly and now Ulysses wreaking havoc there. It's really unfortunate that a lot of people had to be forced to evacuate and... It warms my heart to see a lot of uh, Filipinos coming together and sharing their resources and their blessings to help other people out in need. As a member of the media, I just want to be one of the first to really squash this narrative of resiliency in Filipinos. We're not resilient, not because we want to. We are resilient because we really have no choice and we're once again in a spot where we have no choice but to help one another out. I'm not going to use my platform to point fingers instead i'm just going to tell you to please help out however you can there are a lot of organizations out there doing good work to rehabilitate these communities to help these evacuees out to help the animals out whose shelters were also ravaged and destroyed by typhoon ulysses a lot of these organizations are legit and i hope that you can take time out to help them if you have the resources to do so please also take time out to ensure that these are legitimate groups and that they're not run by scammers I would advise you to probably start with the office of the vice president because they're connected with a lot of organizations based in campuses and based in the city to help these people out. So that's a good place to start. And for me personally, I've donated to the San Mateo Pound, which actually needs it because a lot of their dogs were basically on the roofs of that area and they really need your help as well. Another thing I'm doing on my part is I'm organizing a quiz night for the local survivor community It's something we're hosting on the Zoom Facebook page, facebook.com slash zoomviverph. And it will be on Saturday, November 21 at 9pm. This will be open to teams of two. If you think that your survivor knowledge is up to par, then go ahead and give it a shot. And if you win, you'll win yourself a 10-minute video call with Chaos Cass McEwen from Survivor Cagayan and Survivor Cambodia. So that's gonna be a lot of fun and if you want to know more just check out facebook.com slash zoomviverph. So there you have it so many ways for you to be part of the donation drives and relief efforts for our needy brothers and sisters who've been affected by the recent spate of typhoons and I hope that you can take some time out and just share what you have because at a time like this man we have nobody else to turn to but ourselves. All right, I'm going to step off my soapbox for a bit here and get to my interview with Francis Brew because he is on deck. My guest on the show this week is, I would say, a, a rock icon. He is one of the members of The Dawn. You may have heard of them, but you also know him better as uh, one of the new rock jocks, from NU107, from the good old days of that station. He was also somebody I worked for in my brief stint at Billboard Philippines when he was the editor-in-chief over there. Francis Brew is on deck. How's it going? Hey, Sam. Thank you for having me. And yeah, you mentioned briefly the, the
1: whole Billboard Philippines thing. And I just want to say, for the benefit of the people who watch your podcast, when, when you applied for the job, you, you, you know, you did say you were in radio and everything. And you know, I wasn't... Listening to radio at that time, but yeah, you know, it didn't matter. Ladies and gentlemen, Stan is a fantastic writer, and uh, what Billboard Philippines could have been if Stan was part of the the editorial staff, we could have changed the game.
0: Oh, thank you. That's uh, that's uh, that uh, means a Stan, lot, Stan.
1: I'm not saying I'm not saying this because you know you're interviewing me now. You know, it's it's a matter
0: of fact. Well, no, Again, let's. No, <laughs> I, I appreciate it. I I appreciate it. I have a confession because when. When we first met at Billboard, it didn't hit me that you were the same guy who was Francis Brew on the radio. So like, uh, Hmm. to me, you were just Francis Reyes, the guy I'm working for. And then our mutual friend, Raf Camus, (laughs) he was like, oh, so you're writing for Billboard now? And I'm like, yeah, I'm working under Francis Reyes. And he goes, oh, Kiko. And then he starts telling me all these stories. And I'm like, oh, shit, same guy. So that blew my mind. So, you know. I guess it was for the well, better. At least I wasn't super starstruck when, you know, when I'd met you. I was just like, okay, cool. <laughs> this is Billboard. Let's get to work. So, yeah. Right,
1: yeah. Because at the end of the day, I'm sure that you applied for the job because you wanted to do something for the local music industry. For sure. Right. So, I don't have any issues with people not knowing who I You know, it, it doesn't matter. At the end of the day, it's the goal that matters, right? Because anyway, if we define our work based on who we think we're working for or working with, or at least in our case, who you, you thought you were working with, that's going to be a problem, eh? right? Bottom line is we were, you know, doing our best, and, you know, even even now with what you're doing now, we're just serving really the, the local music scene. That's it. Yeah. And serving it uh, in the best possible way that we can.
0: Yeah, you know, it's all about telling stories. That's always something I've been passionate about, whether it's in the written form or in this case, in audio form through the podcast. So I want to get to know your story because you had a long career on the air yourself. So were you always a fan of the industry? Because I know now you're obviously musically inclined, but to be in radio, which is a different discipline in itself, were you always a fan of it?
1: I think any person who loves music, at least my generation, you know, my generation had, Relative to today's generation, limitado yung avenues for receiving music. I mean, you know, we used to call it yung tri media, eh, right? Print, on air, and on television. So uh, when I was growing up, these were the only avenues or, uh, yeah, the only avenues for music and music information that were available. So either you read about music, obviously, or if you've heard about, if you've heard the music, or if you've seen maybe a video or two, right? So for me, growing up as a music fan, as someone who fell in love with, with music, it was all the same to me, you know, anong source of music, it didn't matter to me. Of course, as a kid, I knew that they were different in terms of their form. So I had a fascination for for all the forms. So I had a fascination for people who wrote about music, I had a fascination for people who talked about music. And obviously, because I ended up being a musician, I had a fascination for people who were writing music and writing songs. When I was 13, 14, not knowing much, it was all kind of the same for me. It's different writing about music and talking about music and trying to play a musical instrument. You know, obviously these are three very different things, but at 13 fourteen the only thing that I knew was I wanted to be involved in music whatever form it took and I guess it's a commitment that I made at that time and
0: it's a it's a commitment that I still have so what was it yeah. like getting into NU at the time because it was it was a new station as you said and people well, in any company, when it's new, you're all trying to figure stuff out. So, And you have this identity right. already that we were all familiar with down the road? Or was it all over the place? Pa? Okay.
1: At that time, this was uh eighty-six, eighty seven or something like that. There was a new wave station, uh, WXB-102, which was essentially a pirate radio station. Mm-hmm. Right? And they were based somewhere in Malate. They mostly played punk and new wave and they played local punk and new wave tunes and the dawn was f- first played on WXB but it was a i think they were transmitting at 1 megawatt or something even 1 was a practically extremely local radio lang so
0: sobrang late talaga ng signal yeah
1: dude sobrang, sobrang lit ng signal but they were servicing a very strong musical community right my perception of uh radio History is that, see, and of course, I could be wrong, but it's like Mike Pedero, I think, sensed that okay, that little radio station is doing something right, but they don't have the transmitting capability,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. and they didn't have the radio experience you know, radio in terms of broadcasting and the business aspect of it, right? So, my interpretation of it and I could be wrong, is uh, NU107 was a um, more commercially viable ver- iteration of... It's WX see, uh, Mike Pedero had... Because he's a musician, he, his ears were to the ground. Okay, this particular music scene is happening. He knew someone who had the, the resources for an FM station. For an FM frequency, I mean. So it's like, you know, why don't we take that concept? I mean, XB was on on FM, pero, you know, uh, better transmission and probably the word now is curation, but maybe uh, programming that embraced that scene and music that was related to that scene. Right. So, kaya, kaya, new, actually, new wave. And the sister station was uh, City Light. Oh okay. So you had 10, 107.5 88.3. And I'm sure people don't you know, what does it matter? But the traditional radio, right? Yung the first available frequency in with analog radio yeah. and the last available frequency in analog radio. So makabilan dulo. Right. Dulo sa dulo. That's what progressive broadcasting was was all about. Oh. You got the first station okay. and and the last one.
0: Okay. Kumbaga Right, and yeah. then napakadisparate din ng genres because uh, it was new wave and then city lights exactly. jazz. Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. I think see Mike was thinking, you know, um, niche markets
0: but strong markets. The business partner that you were referring to was that already Atom hinares Most likely, yeah, yeah. Because
1: once si a GJ and and Jerry ended up in NU One O Seven. I mean, I, I I didn't know all of these things. I knew that Mike Pedero was involved, but I I didn't know, you know. Of course, I I didn't give a shit about the business partners and and whatever, right?
0: Yeah, because like when you're young, oh, nasara Joho, yeah, I, I want to be a DJ. Please.
1: Exactly, yeah, and of course, oh, nasara and oh my god, I I'm I'm working with my two best buddies in college, you know, right?
0: At this point, were you already playing with the Don?
1: No, no, no. I was with After Image, and that's another story in itself. How I joined After Image, but when I was training SART, I was it was even before I joined After Image, and
0: Jerry and I were trying to get a band together. So, but you're active in the music scene at the time, active not actively. really. No, oh, okay, no, 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 I had nothing. <laughs> When you finally got your regular time slot on NU, do you remember what shift that was, and um oh yeah you remember graveyard. How you... yeah so you started graveyard in talaga, because graveyard is still pretty broad now that I think about it because for me, my version of graveyard was like five am or four a m oh. that was the worst graveyard that I've had to do. so like do you remember the time slot and graveyard that you had to come in and what were like the horror stories from your graveyard days? Okay,
1: during the OJT RT days, graveyard was two to six in the morning, and I was in college then. So, can you imagine the? I am looking back, and I am like, you know, "Why the fuck did I do that?" Yeah, I that's wasn't a Getting bitch. paid to be an OG, it's a bitch, man. M- my parents are struggling to p- to pay my tuition fee. The national economy wasn't in great shape at all. You know, my family wasn't was absolutely not in good shape i know that that's why i, I uh, took the ojt things rt because it might lead to a job you know what i mean mm-hmm. even if wala mby ojt anyway i was a month doing the graveyard shifts rt which most likely was 2 to 6 in, in the morning and then one day i got a random message from jerry santos who was known as jerry wise rt and he was like Uh, as NU. He was like, hey, what are you doing? I was like, "Uh," during one of my shifts. And he was like, what are you doing? I was like, you know, I'm training here. Uh, Why don't you come over? We need you, man. I was like, oh, shit. Okay, ganyan. So when I went to NU, it was another month of uh, training without pay. Mm -hmm. But at least the hours were better. Yung Graveyard's uh, NU wasn't 24 hours at that time, so we would sign off at two a.m. Okay. So graveyard was ten p.m. to two a.m.
0: Yeah, which in retrospect was not as bad as like two to six.
1: Yeah, when NU became twenty-four hours, and even when when I was a proper DJ at NU, and then became the pinch hitter, I was like, oh shit, man, I'm pinch hitting. Oh shit, on Wednesday I'll be on graveyard.
0: Ah oh, fuck, man. How long did it take between you being on the graveyard shift to you finally getting onto your daytime shift or getting onto a shift that was more that was kinder to your body clock? Oh,
1: so NU, yeah, it took a while. Okay, I joined NU. I'm for, I'm forgetting when the station was established, but I joined maybe six, seven, eight months afterwards and. I was 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. for a long time. I think it was at that time also when I was in Graveyard na nagka 2 to 6 na. Because I, I remember we had, we had an out-of-town company outing or something like that. And from Graveyard, we had to go to Tagaytay uh, or something like that. And I remember getting off at maybe 5 or 6 in the morning and then we had to load the bus at 8. To go to Tagaytay, so it was a long time before I went on board during the day. Quite a long time. Okay, I remember the graveyard shift. I slept in the station, which which I did for so many years because you know I I couldn't afford rent. (laughs) And uh, there was a coup attempt on the government. Okay, I remember. I remember this. Is this scary time? All I remember is nobody showed up. Yeah, for the morning shift, nobody showed. up. Of course, he was gonna show up. Like shut down yung, yung, yung city, right? No one could get in or out. So someone said, "You have to go on board. There has to be a voice on air." I'm like, yeah, "Okay, I'll do it." So I did it. Not that it led to a regular daytime slot, but you know, at least I had a taste for it, right? And then. So I was on board, you know, and playing songs and whatever. It's like, ah, oh, shit, man, lunchtime. I have to take a break. And then, wala pa rik pumapasok eh. Okay, then I guess I'll have to do the the 2 p.m. <laughs> okay. There were also a couple of instances where the weather was so bad that I also had to do that again. And it was fun, but it was... but. You, you know, not leaving the building, not leaving the station for a couple of days straight is initially you think it's fun, and then after a while, it's like, dude, I gotta get a life. You know what I
0: mean? Then again, after eight months of being stuck at home, I think two days is not is just a breeze at this point, <laughs> Right? You know, at at this point, if that if those
1: experiences happen to me now, I'm like, yeah, great. <laughs> at two I'm days stay here for oh, the oh, fuck
0: it. <laughs> Fuck, man. Yeah. You know? I'm curious about the fact that you were on Graveyard for a long time because how were you able to Mm. balance that when the dawn started to pick up? Because when when you're a musician, (laughs) you're playing these gigs at night. How do you do your board work when it's at like 10 p.m. or 2 a.m.? And, you know, the the drinks are pouring. Whatever happens at gigs happens. I didn't drink at that time, so it wasn't a problem.
1: Mm -hmm. My problem then was... Well, exhaustion, you know and and at that time, then, so I joined nu, I was still in college, and then I ended up being part of the dawn, and even before the dawn, I was with after image there weren't too many gigs the man at that time, but yeah, you said the Dawn made Joe regular, but there were a lot reallyrig at that time, so you know showing up for board work, that was not a problem I was. Super straight edge, no problem. The problem was exhaustion. Yung yung normal. I mean, you know, your your body tells you, dude, it's 1 PM. You know, I was young. I was 22,
0: 23.
1: It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So my body clock was normal and and I had to wake up then early enough so I could go to school. Yeah. After school it was rehearsed. So after board work. That's that's how I ended up mostly sleeping and actually literally living in the in the radio station because after board work, I would sleep on a sleeping bag provided by Tom Lopton, which we all slept in actually, at one, you know, you know, chest tower or whatever. Then I'd wake up, take a shower in the um well, you know, there's the toilet and then there's the um, there's the space next to the toilet where the mops washed and you know right. all the techs would would bathe there and then they were like no you can take a bath there and the water pressure was strong, yeah, no problem so oh dude, may balde and I had my shampoo and towel whatever. then I'd take a bus and go to school after school, I'd go to the mall near the station sa, sa Makati
0: pa to. Then, then I'd then I'd hang out at the station, then wait for my board work. Did management ever have a problem with you essentially living at the station?
1: Not really. Fortunately, <laughs> not really. They understood. I, as a matter of fact, when when I was training, see, Chris Hermosissimas, Chris Cruz, the station manager during that time, you know, the sun was up. Uh, we were on the 17th floor and the sun was shining. And I, but, you know... Come on! I just finished a graveyard shift, and I probably had a an after image gig the night before. I was really, I was really bushed. So I was just lying there, and then I remember Chris saying "boy, <laughs> to? I was like, <laughs> I was like boy pa ako. Okay, oh shit! Yeah, I have to take a bath. I have to go to school. You yeah. know, So yeah, they kind of understood my circumstances. In hindsight. It was really embarrassing, but, you know, that's why uh, NU107 will always be home and family to me because that's how they treated everyone and that's how I felt there. Eh? It was literally home to you.
0: Literally, dude, literally, yeah, literally, yeah, yeah. That's an awesome story. Um, I-, I didn't expect to hear a story like that when I turned on my Zoom tonight, that's for sure. Before we get to my next question, Francis, let me just take some time out to tell our listeners about another way you can help support the podcast, and that is through your online shopping. If you love Lazada, then before you go to the app, please take some time out to use my affiliate link, tinyurl.com/ondeckxLazada. Type that in any browser, and it'll take you straight to the app. And from there, when you check out your product, and if it gets delivered to your doorstep, I get a small commission out of that, and it helps keep this podcast and the network. Podcast Network Asia up and running. So please, once again, use my affiliate link for Lazada, tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada. Again, that is tinyurl.com slash O-N-D-E-C-K-X-LAZADA. From there, it'll take you straight to the app. And if you check out your items and that gets delivered to your doorstep, then you're able to help support this podcast and you can help me keep telling the stories of the real people behind the mic. Now let's get right back to it with Francis Brew. I want to ask about the Francis Brew persona. Like, how did you come up Hmm. with the name? And was Francis Brew's on-air persona any different from who you are in real life? Like, the guy I'm talking to right now. Okay. Uh, Let's
1: start with the name. At that time, so, 88, 89. I I had really long hair. Which I can't grow anymore, obviously. Yeah. Of course, I've always had a high forehead. You know, thanks, Dad. Thank you. Thank you, dad and dad's jeans. I love my dad, by the way. But so, sempre, <laughs> I was in After Image. I was in the Dawn. And, you know, I'm a rock guitar player. So I grew my hair out. And at one point, it reached um, almost near, barely above my, my butt line. All right. And I never combed my hair because I, I always knew I, I had thin hair. But, you know, I found ways to make it look thick. And, so I never combed my hair. Mm-hmm. So... When I was training, sa, sa NU and uh, you know training sa graveyard, didn't, didn't go to school. Gani, gani, gani. One of my best friends, either see, oh, it was GJ, G and Jerry. They were like, you know, after a month of training. Oh, oh and by the way, you you training at that time two to six a.m. As much as NU wasn't twenty four seven, yung two to six was was for, for trainees, so so you can you know, make your ad- mistakes without so it on air. Yeah, it, it was it was about lang song to song. So when finally, you know, um, oh, you can actually at least, you know, do the top of the hour, right? Yeah. You know, it, it's 10 p.m. and you want to 7 is blah, 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 blah. But, but you have to have an air name. And, you know, I, I couldn't think of anyone. And then CGJ si said, dude, you better think of one because um, Chris is looking for you because he wants you to go on board regularly, na, you know, with pay but you have to have an air name and chris has been going paging francis brew and the reason why he said francis brew is because i had long hair that i didn't comb so muha brew, right okay everyone thinks ah but ka brew uh brewed coffee right and yeah i love coffee i love brewed coffee I, I love barako coffee but really the the source of francis brew was chris hermosissima going Francis Brug, my bruja hair. Bruja hair, if, if, if you like. And, I'm like, I can't think of another name. I couldn't. So, I'm, so I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. Yeah, if if, if he calls me that, then eh, okay, 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 because actually, initially, the, the, the spelling was B-R-U, you know, yeah. Bruja Recte, and then eventually, it became B-R-E-W, because, you know, Coffee reference, supposedly, but but really, it was about my extremely long, unruly hair and me not having enough of an imagination to think of another air name. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I took it. I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, whatever. How about the persona? Like, did you have an on-air persona that was different from how you are in real life? The thing that see Mike Pedero wanted for NU, as, as far as
1: I I believed, was um, kung anuman yung personality and whatever your voice sounded like use it you know uh, because traditionally like I say, when it, especially during that time when, when it came to radio if you're a guy you had to modulate yeah right mm-hmm. or you know, normally the uh, rule is you know six inches away from the microphone or whatever mm-hmm. but if you knew how to work the microphone then all you have to do is speak like this
0: mm-hmm.
1: as long as you know how the microphone works yun yung ano eh, yung ng male FM voice was was that mojure. or yung you know a sultry sounding female voice whatever you, that's the sound of radio supposedly but see si Mike Pedero said no whatever you are whatever you sound like that's it just just use that you know don't you know? Never mind the the modulations and and the put and and whatever. Just just know how to work a microphone. Know how, how know how a microphone works, and just and just be yourself. So, I was just being myself. I mean, of course, initially, you know, thinking traditional radio. Initially, when I was allowed to add libna, maybe you went through this. Maybe you didn't. But you know, when I read um, an OBBS, PBB, a PSA, whatever. Naging sing-song. Hey! Because yeah. typical problem yeah. for all of us. Right. And I'm naturally like this. You know, this is how I normally talk. It's kind of dro- droll and monotonous. And then they were like, uh, dude, you're too... Uh. Mm-hmm. So I overcompensated. And then I kind of, I guess, found my that that median point between how I normally talk and and kind of making it a little less boring than
0: basically than how I sweet spot talk. between sing songy and the sweet monotonous. spot, yeah.
1: Right, because truth be told, I don't like my voice. I, I, I know what I sound like. I don't I don't really like it, but but there was a lot of wisdom in what C, um Mike did. It. In terms of traditional FM radio or traditional radio or whatever you know I'm I'm definitely not I'm not up there as a matter of fact there was a famous uh, and controversial radio DJ he's he's really fantastic who um, I met at a, at a radio conference and was really nice to me and everything and then after that radio conference two weeks later you know a, an annual listener said I oh, Sir, because I'm listening to NU and I'm listening to his station. You know what he said about you? Because you don't belong on radio because you're so boring and you're so droll and you put people to sleep and you sound like you're sleepy and whatever. It's like okay, that that's true at the same time, that kind of person and, and it's like plastic If if that's how he felt, dude. you know what I mean. sorry, that was a, that was a personal rant that came out.
0: <laughs> no, no. Don't worry about it. Um, NU started to build this this reputation, right? And this cult following, which basically lasted throughout the entirety of its run. But for you guys, especially mm-hmm. you, now you were there from its earliest days. How did you know that NU had made it? And that you, the new Rock Jocks, had this celebrity status?
1: I don't think any of us thought of it in that way. I don't think any of us went, oh, you know, we're NU and we're… To be perfectly <laughs> frank, most of most of the people who ended up working for for NU and and staying there for for long spells, I I do believe we did it because we loved the music and we loved each other as family and you know or brothers or sisters or whatever you want to call it. We loved each other's company. I don't think any of us were traditional you know, the uh, the definition of traditional DJs at that time. I don't think any of us were really born for radio in a sense, because Jung, the thing with NU is, for the most part, they employed DJs who loved the music, first and foremost, because at least radio during that time, I don't know about now. I mean, there are some stations now, but at that time, you know, radio was all about the music, right? Yeah, and um, I think Mike Pedero's point was, even if if you sound great with this sort of modulated voice, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about, music fans will hear it. There. Mm-hmm. So most of the people that ended up working for anyone who loved the music first and foremost, and a lot of them were musicians. Did we? Mm, not everyone was a musician, but being a musician helped because you. We had a perspective of what it's like to be a music fan and as a music creator, and I think most of the 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 better DJs that NU had found that that balance. Okay, if you wanted to be, be purely a, a radio DJ, and I have interviewed during the latter years of NU, when I had a more administrative position, you know, the first question is why you know why do you why do you want to be a, a DJ? Why do you want why do you want to be in, in radio? Oh, because it's cool and ganyan-ganyan. It's like and for me it's like, oh nope. Do you listen to NU107? Yeah, a little bit, ganya, ganya. okay, okay ganyan-ganyan-ganyan. Okay, name me a few artists that, that NU107 plays. They can probably name one by chance because they heard that that artist on like na- the na- crossover, to to a pop station or whatever. Okay, oh, okay, lang. But it, basa, when they say that, because I think being a radio DJ is cool. For me, red flag na yun. Eh. It's like, oh, dude, this is nu one hundred and seven. You have to love the music. If you don't love the music, at least have that um, the drive to know more about the music. Because at, you know, at, at the end of the day, you know we're playing music and it's for fans eh? and you can't fake that shit and if you can if you can't fake it make sure that you can fake it so well that none of the fans will complain you know, do enough research or at least be interested in the music enough at least as a point of curiosity enough so that you can talk about the songs and you can talk about, about the artist and not have the listener go that DJ is just reading it off a page right the most important thing you because is well in broadcasting in general don't read it off the page you get your information from 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 a page or from you know from the internet or whatever but how do you make it if not real to you real enough for the people who are listening get your own insights inject your own insights don't just read it off the page because if, if you do, come on, the person listening has probably read the same page mm. and probably knows more than you do. Hindi ang listeners. I mean, if if you're a station like NU, for example, or, or Jam 88.3 or you know, any station that specifically that addresses a specific um, in general music community, right? Kung masa station ka, it's okay because yung masa just want to hear the hit song and that's it. They, you know, yung chismis nung sa, sa singer or whatever, that's interesting. Pero showbiz na yan eh. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you know, you listen to you know yung, yung, yung boys' night out. Even if they talk about dating and and whatever, you always get the feeling that when they when they would back announced, let's say a Justin Timberlake song or or a Bruno Mars song or whatever, you felt na de alam nila, alam nila, you know. It's not like, oh, that was Bruno Mars with blah 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 blah. And oh yeah, onto our topic, whatever. Ram mararam eh. So whether it's organic or research, it's it's very, very important as opposed to oh oh and on this day, you know, um Jimi Hendrix died and so and so and so and so and so and so and, so and,
0: so and then you talk about your cat or whatever. <laughs> at, at what point did you take on your administrative positions at NU? So you, you became chief announcer and musical director at one point. So yeah. did that coincide with your career as a musician or did you have to give one up to do the other? No, I
1: didn't have to give anything up. That's all due to uh, Chris Hermosissima because when I first joined NU and Chris was one of the pioneering team when, when NU 107 came up, so i was seeing your DJ at that time. And then then I joined NU. It was under station manager was C Ron Titular. When I rejoined C Ron, and I I, I really love Ron and I really love Chris. Oh, my show Endor happened on uh, when Ron Titular was the station manager and Claire Miranda was the program director. That's a different story. So when I rejoined NU, I rejoined first by doing and then I had then they were like, okay, yeah, you, you, know, you might as well have a regular slot. It was Chris who said, Lamochong, you're nearly a pioneer of NU107, and you've been gany, 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 and, and of course the batch of DJs at that time were a lot younger. And then Chris said, I'm gonna tell Atom that you should be the the senior jock and ganyan gany, and then and you know, you'll be, be the musical director, which which really meant. Listening to young those hit discs, yeah, you know which easily contain I don't know anywhere from twenty-three to forty songs, depending on yung the release the states at the time. So okay, you what you know what's gonna end up in the in the playlist. And I have to give credit to Chris then also because you know parang sinabi "Chong, tagal mo na sa industriya. Yan lang yung and and whatever so it was that because you know honestly I dude I, still I'm I'm far from the best sounding DJ that you ever had uh, let alone FM but see si Chris recognized yung yung tenure and also yung non radio perspectives that I had and the The musical, well, the industry perspectives that I had because, you know, which Ron and Claire also recognized. So it was like, yeah, yeah. Thank you, Chris.
0: I've got more questions for Francis Brew on deck. But before we get to that, let me tell you first about our friends from Mr. Speedy. See, at a time like this, when you need to give something to your relatives or your friends, you can't just go and do it yourself anymore because of safety protocols. So you need a same-day delivery service that is fast, efficient, and most importantly, affordable. Thankfully, Mr. Speedy's same-day delivery rate is as affordable as ever with their 5 pesos per kilometer rate. And it's something I've come to enjoy myself because I've been using Mr. Speedy for a lot of my couriers and deliveries and it's been nothing but helpful from the start. But don't just take my word for it. How about you try it yourself because Mr. Speedy has something exciting just for you because you're a listener of On Deck. You can get 50 pesos off when you place your first delivery with Mr. Speedy when you use my code Mr. Stan. That's M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N. You can book a delivery through their website, mrspeedy.ph, or you can download the Mr. Speedy app from the Apple App Store, Google Play, and Huawei Mobile Gallery. This offer is available for Metro Manila, nearby provinces, and Cebu. Alright, you know what to do. Download the Mr. Speedy app or go to mrspeedy.ph and use my promo code, MRSPEEDYSTAN, that's M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N. Now back to more with Francis Brew on deck. I want to pivot yeah. off that and ask about the NU-107 Rock Awards. Because before I, I hopped on the Zoom call to to talk to you, I was reading this article by Eric Tepan And he uh, talked about... Hey, the. Eric, yeah. uh, he, he had some stories about the NU-107 Rock Awards and how it was basically the culmination of, of every year. It's like uh, the big event for the station. Right. And even your friends ko, who were diehard listeners of NU looked forward to the NU 107 rock awards, like it was that big of a deal, so from your perspective, having you know been through the different phases of NU, any memorable stories that you had? like did you have any wild interactions with any musicians or with, with fans at the events? One rock awards
1: moment that I'll never forget it, it, it was um I don't know if you've heard about this, but it was the year that one of the presenters was C Dieter Ocampo.
0: Hmm, okay, uh, I think I may but have you don't heard know the story, story. I, I may have okay. heard the story But you're going to have to help me out with the details Because I, I do remember a connection
1: So, y- yung rock awards kasi, I mean, you know, w- you know We award rock musicians And we have The local rock, rock musicians as presenters And we have celebrities as As uh, co-presenters, right? Yeah Mga artista and 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 whatever And you always had criticism for You know why do you have these artistas presenting the awards? Yung yung mga ganyang, whatever. But the point is, you know, it's an awards show. And see si the longtime director, director si Direko Oca Jimenez, who, I, who we all miss very much. It was like, you know, kung lahat na ng awards, puro kayo-kayo lang, what's the point? Mm-hmm. You're, you, you, you know, don't preach to the choir. And of course, from a commercial standpoint, of course, you know. You know, um, and I think uh, this is also what si Atom atominaros wanted. Yung para mas may showbiz na konti, You know what I mean? You know that's that's an oversimplification of 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 all of these things. Sure. So we we always had the artista and whatever, and that particular the the year that I'm referring to. See, si, I remember. See, si Ryan Agoncillo binabas just nung ng mga nung audience. Eh, you know. Cause mga yung mga medyo, you know, of course, you know, oh and whatever Right. So during the that particular night, it, it you know it it felt and and the rock awards up to that point has uh, was always free admission, but that particular night it felt there's something going off the rails crowd wise. Eh? To be really crude, in jo dahil ang And then I, I remember Sir Ryan Agoncili was presenting an award, and between the awards, the audience was flipping him off and uh, you know all, all these ugly things. And to give credit to Ryan Agoncillo, you know what he did because rockers, see, Sir si, si Ryan's a, a rock guy, so you know he, he went like this.
0: So he squeezed. Uh,
1: he pinched you know, his own he,
0: nipples.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, he did that. Uh, he just made he the mimed gesture, it. and then he was he mimed it. And of course, you know, to my himic, Ah, rockers, pala si Ryan, you know whatever. <laughs> but anyway, it was it was that year. Na th- the word jolog was. Nagiging, you know, it was becoming part of the vocabulary. And of course, it it's derogatory, right? Yeah. And of course, certain entertainment circles, when they latch, when they realize that certain phrases or certain words are sikat na, and when they don't really understand where it's coming from, they they kind of they use it for commercial purposes, right? So one of the presenters was he. See si Dieter Ocampo. Big artista at that time. And a rock guy. The guy's a rapper, right? But he, at the same time, he, he he had a movie out. I don't know what the title was, but it was probably Jologs or something like that. It was kind of... He kind of went off script. And of course, being artista, he wanted to promote his movie. And, th- and that's fine. You know, yung yung mga artista guests of, um, of anyone else we're, wel- were welcome to do that. that. That's why they were there in the first place. If you, you want to promote your stuff, you know, go ahead. Yeah. So, eto yung sinabi ni ni Dieter. Putangay na, daming jolog dito. <laughs> and we were like, okay lang. Then immediately, the then not dude, then, the, entire crowd was booing and really, and then you saw Dieter, he was holding the mic and he began to shake. Alright. Mike began to shake, he was like, oh shit, what did, what did I just say? He never made it through his punchline. His oh, punchline <laughs> was, Ako, the punchline was, Ako yung pinaka- dito. Right? Uh-huh referring to the movie that he was trying to promote, but he never made it there. So he was literally booed off the stage. Well, he wasn't booed off the stage, but he was, dude, he was really booed. It. And from then on, things took a, a rather hostile, negative term. And of course, you know, um, there were other bands who were awarded after that, who ha- who didn't have a high opinion of Dieter Campo or any of the artistas and, Took it wrongly as well, and they were accepting their awards, and then they referred to the oh, Joe look, Dog. gany, gany, gany. Well, You know, in hindsight, I understand. I understand everything was a huge, huge misunderstanding. Eh? And the didn't see Diether with his delivery and and his timing. Everything was off. Right.
0: Yeah. In retrospect, so, uh, it's, it's easier to uh, assess it. With yeah. the clarity of you know, yeah, he, he wasn't
1: he wasn't trying to insult anyone. He he wasn't. It was under the guise of promoting a project that he was with. And you perspective, you know, everyone has an opinion on deuteronomy. But you know, he's a rock guy. But anyway, uh, things seemed out of control since oh god it was so unruly and I remember at the end of the night because everyone would, felt so unruly and you know even security was like getting paranoid and the DJs were getting paranoid and the production team was getting paranoid and then as soon as natapos yung, yung rock awards uh, a huge crowd began to rush the stage Wow! To get souvenirs, me me and I, you know, we had these uh, wonderfully created stuff, even if they were made of styrofoam. they began to rush the stage, and I and I was really agitated at at that time. I was like, what the fuck is going on? What what is wrong tonight? So tapos so and I just ran up the stage. Putang ano yung problema And then you know, and then then everyone stopped. I, you know maybe a thousand, two thousand strong, Th- then they all stopped. So putang na, gusto, gusto masaktan? Ang liit ng, ang liit ng stage, lahat kaya, kaya ko kanyang, so Putang na, gusto ah. you know, I was cussing them off and whatever, and then then everyone backed off. Eh, dude, I was shaking from, from anger and frustration and whatever. And of course, we got bad reviews in the press the next day, you know, bakit daw binasto yung mga artisan? I was like, ah, shit, <laughs> anyway, the next year, that's when we decided to get, we charge a taye entrance fee. Ah, all right. <laughs> so that uh, because also I think at, during that time things got so unruly that one of the glass doors of uh, the World Trade Center, I think, was sh- it, it was so you know how do you control a crowd, make them pay? Yeah, honestly and things okay at least no control and people still showed up anyway because you know it's it it was still you know the most important event in in local rock anyway right so mm. that th- that was a good that was a good move at least yung yung crowd control and i'm sure there were people then at that you know during that night na pumasok lang para lang and you know you know dude it it, it just takes one or two assholes bef- to turn everyone into one massive, gaping asshole. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, took the words right out of my mouth. From there, I want to pivot to um, the, the final broadcast of NU, which I was actually listening oh. to uh, before, before we started. So what do you remember about the day when you found out that uh, NU was going to have to stop broadcasting that... Yeah, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the station was being sold about to new ownership. That's why and you had to stop.
1: Not so much new ownership, but but I think um new management and whatever. Um I I don't really want to get into it in too much detail because that's uh that's something for the for the owners to disclose. Of course, you know, of course, I, yeah, you, yeah. you know yeah, so we, we had our feelings and we had our perspectives and I was told I think two or three months before, or maybe a couple of months before. Okay, yearly because when we would plan the Rock Awards, it would usually happen March or April. So we have six, seven months to prepare. And business-wise, it was hard for NU to get sponsors, you know, honestly.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, we had Red Horse and all that, but young. The problem was getting other sponsors in, like uh, shampoo, soap, whatever you know, toothpaste. It, it's always that has always been the problem with uh, with NU um, business wise. It was hard to get sponsors because, according to the ad agencies, Nokradung NU is not our market. It's like. Oh really? So you believe that everyone who listens to rock and metal don't brush their teeth, <laughs> <laughs> or maybe they look like they don't bathe, but they do need soap, and I'm sure they buy soap and shampoo. I'm, and I'm pretty sure marami ring mga rocker na babae na the kaka period. So please don't. It's like what your sanitary napkin brand doesn't fit your image you know, it, 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 those were one of the frustrating business things about, uh, because, you know, eh, rocker yan, eh, mga, mga ng itim yan, eh, you know, of course, yung Red Horse, the thrust of Red Horse has always been about rock. So, but, you know, you know, the other sponsors were, you know, were really hesitant for, I don't know, it's, it's a marketing thing.
0: Yeah. We've got more stories from Francis Brew on deck, but before we get right to him, did you know that your online shopping can actually help support this podcast? That's right, if you love doing your online shopping on Shopee, all you have to do is click on my Shopee affiliate link. That's tinyurl.com ondeck. X Shopee. That takes you straight to the site or to the app, and when you check out your products and when they get delivered to your doorstep, I get a small commission out of that to help keep On Deck and Podcast Network Asia operational. So not only did you get to scratch that itch to do your online shopping, but you also got to help out On Deck. So once again, use my Shopee affiliate link before you get to the site or to the app. tinyurlcom OnDeckXShopee. That's tinyurlcom O-N-D-E-C-K ex Alright, let's get back to more with Francis Brew. I, I sense yeah, the frustration I, I and I kind of get where you're coming from. Because um, it's yeah. it's very reductive. Uh, the story you're telling me yeah. gives off a very reductive um, point of view from, you know, from their side. So I get it. I get the right. frustration. Yeah.
1: So um, in terms of um, business and getting sponsors,
0: uh,
1: NU has for the most part always had a really difficult time right if it's if it's a vice related product uh, alcohol no problem of course the nicotine products nabana yung advertising so you know out of the question so everything else was out of reach because you know because you're a new 107 of course the funny thing is um Young C si jam 88.3 at that point wasn't playing the loud stuff that Any was playing, but was playing some of the friendlier stuff that we were playing, and then they were getting sponsors. And and it's actually uh, well, I'm getting ahead, ahead of myself because I actually had a many conversations with C si, uh young station manager Nang Nang Jam because eh. you know, every, when and you shut down, <laughs> everyone was going back it and everyone thought you know we we did well sa, sa ratings as much as um, Love Radio and uh, Yes FM were number one and number two and their sister st- stations and they took each took thirty percent at that time market share and of course Any w- was in the top ten we we got I don't know seven percent or whatever it's still top ten pa rin yon, right yep so there was stuff that sounded like alternative rock. Let's say Avril Lavigne, for example. You, we discussed this before we did the uh, the interview. Now she's supposedly may 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 pop but really, you can hear it. You can tell by the marketing. She's she's really pop. Come yeah. on, yeah. no one's gonna argue that. So, I mean, people were asking me even back then. Well. You play Paramore, but you don't play Avril Lavigne. It's like you can't tell the difference, right? You, yeah. You're a radio person. You can tell. Yeah. there's There have always been these commercial problems within you. So one day, I guess uh, uh, maybe a month or two months after the Rock Awards or maybe even before. You know, I think it was definitely Chris who who told me, "Kicks, this is gonna be the last Rock Awards, and we're we're shutting down this year." I mean, you know, it was kind of like, "Yeah, I knew it was gonna happen," but at the same time, it's really tough to hear, right?
0: Yeah. How do you How do you brace yourself for that, or how do you prepare yourself for that, knowing that? Uh after X number of months, you're going to have to look for a new job or, you know, the job that you've uh, had and loved for years is going to be taken away from you.
1: Well, that's the thing. That's that's why I stuck with NU You know, it was a job, but I didn't think of it as a job. You know, being an active rock musician, you know, that's my scene. That's my community and ganyan. And literally, NU was was my home. So I never... Of course, you know, when, when you see your paycheck every 15th of the month, oh yeah, it's a job. Yeah. <laughs> and ito lang yung, ito lang yung ko. Those were the only times when I really thought of it as a job. But but otherwise, it's, everyone can tell me, can, can tell me I, I, I was a fucking fool for just being so passionate about the whole thing. You know what I mean? And most of the people who ended up in, in NU and lasted as long as they could will tell you the same thing. It, it really was all about servicing the music and, and the community and hoping na the sources for the resources, meaning the sponsors would hopefully go, okay, namin yan. I mean, you know, the crowds were great and and whatever. At the same time, during during that time, kasi yung, um, the whole joke time personality-oriented format ng FM stations was... You know, yes FM and Love Radio, and you know, no disrespect to them. I respect their their success, and also I respect their DJs. Style, like like say, I I you know I could just be myself, but I sense that a lot of the DJs, some Samasa stations, are putting on a role, and you, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Some of them have to play a character,
1: right? Now, even if you're if you feel terrible. Dude, you have to be that character during your time slot. Saying you, of course, if one of us is feeling bad, we'll express it, and then of course we get a phone call from Chris or see si Mike Pedero. Hey, you know, you know, don't don't bring your personal problems to work. To an extent, it was tolerated, but not. Wag naman wag But it can't compare to let's say to a masa DJ na kung yung is always cheerful and if your dog just died or whatever you still have to have that persona right you know that's that that is a job right yeah so anyway uh going back to the phone, you know you know, I, I guess um because and you as a business wasn't was not doing great it was a struggle to meet the monthly quota believe it or not and it seemed like the the joke time personality oriented radio stations were making great business I I guess that's what that was part of why and you shut down and became for a while win win radio Radio. Mm -hmm. I mean absolutely different format and I I gotta be honest you know like for example uh, one of the CD yes we still played CD play we had CD players one of the players would break down and then kaibang nga kaibang replace oh we don't have the funds and then three months before we shut down and nag- yung transition and then we'd see new chairs and new furniture and, and it's like and that that I think that's the part that really hurt eh. you know nasasabihin na we're, we're not making money but uh, there's gonna be a new station that's gonna be put up Still under the same corporation, and and you know you know business details can be intricate, and of course we we don't understand we didn't under- understand yung those inter- intricacies and details. All we saw was, "Walang you so we have to shut down. Oh wait, but there's going to be a new radio station, and they're getting new gear. So it was really painful for for the staff. I think it was really. Painful also because there was no formal internal announcement. There was no meeting over oh, shutting down until, okay. till maybe four days before. everyone knew, but the the formal meeting, internal meeting, didn't really happen. So
0: I can't imagine so, being uh, in that situation. Na, you know, like you know yeah. something's gonna happen, but the bomb doesn't get officially dropped on you until days before. Um, you know, just for uh, for added context for our listeners, um, it's going to be uncanny. Because I didn't know that we're recording this on the week of the 10th anniversary of NU's final broadcast. And I mentioned that to you before <laughs> we recorded. And you were like, I don't even keep track of dates. Y- you mentioned to me… Don't uh, know. Yeah. And you mentioned that you prefer to not look back on on the golden years or the good old days. So yeah, can yes. you go into that quite quickly? Like, uh, why do you prefer not to go back on those times?
1: Well, it's a personal thing in in the sense that the last thing that I want to say even as a musician maybe especially as a musician saying something like oh, the best music was made during my time. Yung tugtugan ng kabataan ah, And I learned that from my mother because my mom she just turned 78 but all her life ever, ever since we were kids and until I grew long hair and listened to heavy music and whatever she always had an open ear right she would never say i am to biglang tugtugan you know she always always and i had a couple of conversations with with my read about things like that and i said you know you know what i'm really scared of is to say things like you know the music of our youth was better than the music that the younger kids are are listening to and then she was like yeah I don't ever want to say that either, you know? Because I think there's no greater tragedy because as long as you're alive, you have to keep growing. And even if you can't relate to the new music, at the very least, man lang, alamin mo lang na, um, the younger kids are probably feeling maybe not exactly the same way that you felt when you were a kid, right? Because iba yung environment, right? Yeah. But there are things that... And the form may be different. The form might be simplified. The form might be um, more defined by technology and whatever. But but you know what? You know, the musicians older than than me said exactly the same thing. You know, you don't want to be that old guy. Yeah, yeah. Fair. Yeah. I don't. Totally I don't fair. want to be that that old guy because it it's nice when sometimes I say things and then there are. People, you know, friends much younger than me that go, "Oh, wisdom," and I'm like, "Oh, that's wisdom. It's common sense for me. That's that's what I know. That's what I experience. And that's you know, that's nice. I I appreciate that. But yung dismissing the newer forms outright, I I don't want I don't want to be that person. I want to be like my mom when I turn seventy eight.
0: It's a way to succinctly put it.
1: Yeah. Have you seen Napoleon Dynamite? No, just, I have just to. Oh, you you have to watch Napoleon Dynamite because you don't see si, you know it, it, it's a comedy. See si Napoleon Dynamite had an uncle, see si Uncle Rico, mm-hmm. played by um, Jonathan Grease, who he's funny there, but it turns out na mipag-action star pala siya. But anyway, you know he, he was wearing a toupee and whatever, and then dun sa Napoleon Dynamite. He would go on and on about how in in high school, he was the best football player. And then, matandana with no future. And he kept talking about, oh, what could have been, what could have been, what could have been. You know, I know, you know, you see those months, I could have thrown that fo- football way across. Yung, yung also, kind of tie in with your earlier question now uh, when did we know that NU made it or whatever. It, 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 it's that we were we were just doing our job. No. And well our job because we, we got paid for it, but we were just doing what we loved day, right? We were playing the music that that we love. I don't think any of us ever said, well, you know, I'm I'm part of NU 107 and none none of us felt like that. You know? It it was it was about the music and we were the stewards for for the music and 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 you was the was the vessels you know what I mean yeah kumbaga messenger lang naman oh you you like what I just played great because I I love it too let's let's talk about it we you know we we were actually for the most part music fans who ended up being behind the microphone and. If if there's anything that, that made NU successful, I really believe it's that because NU hired people who loved really loved the music. Or at least if they didn't love the music, were professional enough to uh do research and find other perspectives. Personal perspective, they can tie it in with whatever the
0: music that we were playing. Uh, Was all
1: about You know what I mean
0: Yeah Totally So When you had the news Or when you guys got the news That NU was going to Reformat Did you ever Talk amongst yourselves About Eventually reviving it Or even after NU had shut down Did you guys ever talk about Rebooting it somewhere else
1: Yeah We um, Someone got in Got in touch with me And I gathered The last batch Of Of DJs For For an online thing And Supposedly, terrestrial radio was gonna die, and everything's gonna was gonna go online. That didn't work out. Dial. I think the you no, know, I I do believe, and I do know that the the person who was insistent that no, oh, it's gonna work. Simply, sure, you know, uh, the station shut down, and I believed in it. I believed in the format, and I, of course, I believed in in the the team that I had. You know. Rather idealistically, I was thinking, yeah, 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 we can, we can, we we can carry on. You know, we were realistic; we weren't get, gonna get the same numbers and attention. But at least, you know, let's keep it going. Long story short, um, that person turned out to be a traditional businessman, so it didn't work out. that he was mining on the fact that that I was an ex DJ and the, the team that I brought with me were ex DJs, and yung, his belief was oversimplification. We yung NU audience into this new digital format. I knew that it wasn't like that. Come on. Life doesn't work like that. It's a new thing. Great. I was there. The last batch was there at least yung recognizability was there, but in terms of r- replicating the numbers, dude, it's not gonna happen. It's a new format, and we have to take baby steps and whatever. And you know, businessmen new businessmen, they wanted it was a, exactly ganyan. It wasn't my medium at that time, but I guess being old enough, you go. This is new territory, so let's tread carefully and let's not have the same expectations right so that right. that and didn't like, work out
0: I guess for added context this took place in what 2011 2010 2011 right, uh, right after and you shut down so yeah so digital radio yeah. in the Philippines was really uncharted territory so I can understand that uh, if, if someone is coming in with the intent to invest and reap those reap yung investment nila agad, investing in digital radio was probably not the best idea
1: yeah. And there were people who at that time were sort of navigating the, the digital waters and knew how to navigate it and were actually telling that businessman slow down. Manage your expectations. And one of those people was George Boone from WLSFM. And it, it, it's really amazing. One of my One of my radio heroes we kind of both ended up in the Digital realm, realm, but because he was ahead of it in this world, nan you know, tread carefully. This is what we do. This is what you do. This is what you do. And let's remember, this was 2011. It's 2020 and we still have fucking telco connection problems. Imagine what it was like in 2011.
0: Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So... I mean, YouTube wasn't even in HD at at the time. Right. Uh,
1: eventually, we had
0: we even had a meeting with
1: uh, the regional people of YouTube. Of course, they were looking for content and and all of these things. But that that's a long story. All I knew was we weren't prepared. And yung like you is you know, yung know, with that businessman was baby steps. Yeah, pare baby steps, baby steps. Okay. So, so I could are you really willing to go in this for the long haul? Because I you know it's it's your money. It's probably gonna take two, three years maybe before you see any money. And and and, and, and you know, it's you know it's to because I was brought on as industrial partner, so ideas lang. So I could invest dito. So so it's so, like so you Think about it. Then they one year. Minamadelina. Oh, we're losing money. It
0: was so frustrating. No, I get it. I I totally get it. Uh Last couple of questions here as we wind down. Since you left radio, what's been keeping you busy aside from the dawn? Obviously.
1: Well, my day job is with uh with lyric, which used to be known. Well, it's kind of still known as lyric piano corp. Most people would know lyric as ng piano and keyboards, eh? but maybe the younger kids would would know that Lyric also sells pro audio equipment, like the AKG Lyra microphone that I have and the AKG headset, PRS guitars, Nord keyboards, Yamaha products, all of these things. I'm I'm the online marketing um head for, for Lyric for the last two, three years or so. Before that, I was temporarily the editor in chief of Billboard Philippines, which you were a part of, na that that also didn't work out. And whatever I said about yung that digital N U offshoot, yeah, it's kind of the same story. Like, you know, uh, gets you know <laughs> different, different. I know, but it's like
0: different medium, same script. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Thanks to the well, not not thanks. Well, par- uh, partially credits. Uh, with this whole quarantine, uh, COVID thing, uh, because everyone went online, someone had the brilliant idea of, hey, how about an NU 107? You know, well, a couple of different factions, uh, the different generations on like NU 107 went, uh, how about a virtual NU 107 reunion, which we did twice with the old batch and with, with the last batch. Now, with the last batch, see, Kim Marvelia who now works for an ad agency and her husband they were very instrumental in in doing the quarantine reunion of anyone a couple of months not a couple of months ago but you know half a year ago who oh, shit it's been half a year ago and we all participated and then and then you know the response was was absolutely amazing and then Kim's husband Briggs said kicks marami nagtanong kung you submit demo in reference to my old show, yung, yung In The Raw. Aha. And I'm like, oh, okay. And, and over the past 10 years, I've, I've, I've been asked by so many people to to do it again in a radio station or online, and my answer is always the same. It has to be different. I'm not sure if I want to do that again. If I'm going to do that again, I need I, I want a coast. It can't be just me, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And this year, Kim and Briggs convinced me that, you know, maybe this is the time. And then, you know, we have a really, really small production team doing it. So, uh, there's also that Toaster Roast thing, which is an update of, of Indoro, which I'm not doing alone, thank God, because if it was just, you know, I've also had... A lot of people saying, oh, you should do, um, you should have a YouTube channel, you know, playing guitar or whatever. And my answer is always the same. I don't, I really don't have the time because I have a day job. And, you know, I experienced this with, you know, during the days with when NU and the Dawn were, when I was doing both. It, it's like, oh, uh, you as much as I committed myself to be to, to, to be in music, there are days when I wish I wasn't, right? Yeah. There's, you know, just a couple of hours just to go, um, I'm just going to play Breath of the Wild. And not, but then again, can't help it because you know, Breath of the Wild or Skyrim or all these games. You hear the music and you go, that's wonderful music. And then I end up drifting back to my instruments and trying to figure out Oh, maybe maybe this
0: is this is how it's done. Yeah, and even in content creation that you mentioned, by like uh, start your own YouTube channel or like start your own podcast, it's way more work dude, than that's, people that's realize. That's not easy, right? It's not easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it's, I, it's, it's not
1: easy. It. I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. dude. Editing sound, palang. The, then editing video. I, I, I only, I have an old MacBook and I have. I have iMovie here, and i um, iMovie is is easy to operate, but it's but there are sections of it that are, that are not exactly intuitive. And if you forgot, if you get if forget a, forget a process, like ah oh, shit, I forgot to do that, then the rendering takes forever. Then you have to worry about internet connection and and all of that. So but I'm I'm just glad that Kim and Briggs said uh, we'll do it together, and Kim is my co-host, and
0: you know, so there <laughs> for our listeners who want to follow you on social media or if they want to uh, say hi to Francis Brew, where can they find you
1: okay on Facebook I have a public Facebook page which is facebook.com slash Francis Brew Reyes <laughs> so how can I forget <laughs> and on ins- <laughs> I'm not that active on Twitter sometimes I sometimes I tweet at Francis Brew On Instagram At Francis Brew Din right, So quite simple And um, Do Yeah I hope people do check out The uh, Yung that uh, Show Young Toast or Roast
0: Yeah Tell people where to find it
1: Where and when Do people catch it Normally we uh, We're on Facebook Thursdays 8pm We go Yeah Just There's there's a page called Facebook.com Slash Toast or Roast if you have original music, you can send your material and your social media links to roast at gmail.com. And we are also on Apple Podcasts and Spotify.
0: Perfect. That's pretty much it. Francis Brew, thank you so much for spending like two hours with me. I had fun. Actually I- bitin bitin'. Pa nga. <laughs> Yeah, there's some ground that we haven't covered. So what I always oh, yeah, do listen. is with uh with my guests now, I know that there's some uh, stories that, that I want on the podcast. Na hindi pa natin na cover. We'll get we'll uh we have to do this again. I'm gonna say yeah, it right now. We dude, have to do this again. Let me know let me know anytime, dude. Hopefully the three. three beers in and not you. <laughs> or we can
1: we can both have the three beers in at the same time. Sure, let's why the hell not? An, let's make it an E numan e-interview sort of thing right? why
0: the hell not I gotta say thank you for sharing those stories and you know um for everything you've done for the music scene and for radio and for the rock scene on the radio thank you so much I appreciate you and I, I'm looking forward to us doing this again soon face to face
1: hopefully Um, may, may, may the vaccine finally be available so we can do this for real because I haven't <laughs> I haven't seen you we haven't Worked together physically in... Three years. Fuck. Has it been three
0: years? It's been three years, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck. Thanks again to Francis Brew for joining me this week on Deck. And it was great to hear all those stories from NU107 just because I'm coming into it with fresh eyes and fresh ears since I was never really an NU107 fan. I knew the station existed. I knew they had their own very loyal following. I had friends who were part of that following. And just seeing their experience really mirrored my own fandom of Campus Radio 97.1. So to have John Hendricks and Francis Brew back-to-back on deck was pretty exciting for me. And I'm glad I was able to share their stories with you on my platform. Speaking of my platform, I want to take this opportunity to use it to just tell people that if you're angry with the way things are, if you're angry with the way that these typhoons and the pandemic have been handled or mishandled, then the first thing you have to do is to be a registered voter. You have to vote. And as early as now, Comelec has already opened voter registration for the 2022 national elections. That will remain open until September 2021. So please go out and do that, whether you're a first-time voter or somebody who switched addresses or changed their name on their legal documents— Please go out and register. Be part of the process. Because it's important. The people we're voting for and electing, these are the people who will be making literally life-changing decisions for all of us. And 2022 could very well be pivotal. The most important election of our lifetimes just yet. So please go out and register to vote. And if you need all the information, all the requirements, you can check out VotePilipinas.com. That's votepilipinas.com for all the information. So go out and be a registered voter. Do it and do it now. Now, since I mentioned life-changing events, the recent typhoons have really done the number on a lot of communities here in the Philippines. And one way that I'm addressing that is through this event I'm organizing with Zoom Viver. So check out facebook.com slash zoomviverph we're hosting Zoom Survivor Quiz Night on Saturday, November 21 at 9 p.m. The proceeds will go to Jefferson Fajardo, who's a local Filipino super fan of Survivor. He and his friends are organizing a relief drive for their hometown of Tugigarao in Cagayan. And it's a special place in my heart as well because two of my favorite seasons of Survivor were filmed in that very place. It's 500 pesos for any duo who wants to join Zoomviver Quiz Night. It'll be a lot of fun. And the grand prize is a 10-minute video call with Chaos Cass McEwen, who played in Survivor Cagayan Season 28. You can also check out the other stuff I do I'm on air on wave 89.1 on the morning takeover alongside my partner Debbie Ten from Monday to Friday at 7 to 10 a.m., And here on Podcast Network Asia, I've got another show that I do alongside my friends Romoran and Chino Liao. It's called the Wrestling Wrestling Podcast. And for this week, we're previewing Survivor Series. It's a big four tradition in the WWE. And it all goes down live on Thursday night at 7pm on Kumu at Wrestling Wrestling Pod where you can follow us or on Facebook.com slash Wrestling Wrestling Podcast or on Spotify when the audio only version goes up the very next day. Now, if you want to support me and everything I get to do here, whether it's on the podcast or outside, you can book me on shoutout.com, that's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com, and I'll record a personalized shout out or birthday greeting or wrestling promo for you or that special loved one in your life. You can also book me and the rest of MSG or my friends Jake DeLeon and Ken Warren over at shoutout.com, that's S-H-A-W-T-O-U-T.com. And don't forget to use my affiliate links on Lazada and Shopee when you do your online shopping. That's tinyurl.com slash ondeckxlazada and tinyurl.com slash ondeckxshopee. And finally, if you need to have anything delivered, just go to mrspeedy.ph or use the Mr. Speedy app and use my promo code, MrSpeedyStan, that's M-R-S-P-E-E-D-Y-S-T-A-N, for 50 pesos off your first delivery. Before I get out of here, big shout-outs to Babyface producer Nikai Locanias and the rest of the Podcast Network Asia team for doing all the hard work to help keep our podcasts up and running. And with that, I bid you adieu. Thank you very much for joining me on this week's episode of On Deck. Thanks again to Francis Brew. This has been On Deck with Stan C. Stay safe, wash your hands, wear your face mask and your face shield, go out and register to vote. Thank you very much, and I hope I've earned the privilege of your time.